Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Orchid Bloom's podcast. Hello. Welcome back, bloomers. My name is Orchid Brown. I am the host of this podcast, Orchid Bloom's podcast. You can find me on social media, TikTok and Instagram at Orchid I Brown. So definitely follow me. So it is a new month with fresh new topics from, of course, Orchid Bloom's podcast. This is also the month to work on manifesting all that you were hoping for this spring. It's fresh, it's new, it's happy. We're getting some sun, the snow is melting, and the trees are going to start to blossom for a new fresh season. It is also the time for sicknesses since I have been sick you know, one week and then I recovered and then I got sick again the next week. So I really hope that, you know, everyone is healing, whoever is going through sickness this this month or this season, just understand you're not alone. I don't know if it's a virus that's going around. I think someone said it was a stomach bug that was going around. I don't know about that, but a lot of people that I know are getting sick. Not that they're going out and not social distancing. It's just, they're just getting sick. It's just the season. So no idea what's going on, but either way, take care of yourself. Make sure you're taking your vitamins. Make sure you're drinking your water and you're getting enough rest. I haven't gotten sick in years, not even during COVID. I never got sick. I, I would hear people catching COVID and they will tell me their symptoms and how long it would last, especially, you know, when I was helping out at the hospital and I still never got sick. I guess I was just, I don't know if it was just my immune system. I'm not sure. But for this season now, I was so shocked because after not getting sick, I then got sick back to back twice. So I decided to continue, you know, throughout all of that. I got sick for the second time and I just got fed up. I just got really fed up because I was like, this is not, this is not right. Something is wrong. But I, like I said, I decided to continue with my plans for the spring season, which was spring cleaning, which everyone should be doing at this point and reorganizing. So I reorganized my furniture and my clothing. I packed up most of my winter jackets and my sweaters and things like that. I left a few out, um, but just cleansing my place. So making and also making a list of things that I needed to upgrade in my in my home. So, you know, I had stuff like realizing that I need a new couch. I also need a, a new set for outside to sit on and just have a glass of wine or some nice, you know, summer drink just to enjoy this weather. Um, and there was just a, a list that I that I made of all the things that I, I really needed to upgrade on. So I'll, I'll look into it for the spring and summer. But if I don't, it's because I really didn't need it. I gave my place uh, a good cleanse, a good cleansing. So moving around the furniture, um, you know, mopping, sweeping everything. I mean, I went into nick and cranny. I even moved around the art on my wall and all of that stuff, changed a few things. I just wanted something fresh and new for spring, um, leading into summertime. Cause I don't, I don't know. I just, while I was sick that, tw that two times that, 
you know, I was home. I was just walking around my home and I realized how dark and gloomy it was. You know, I took down all the curtains. I washed them. I mean, I'm telling you, I went ham because I really needed, if I was getting sick twice, it means that there's something about the energy in my home or something. So I needed to just give it a good, good cleanse. And hopefully now I, I won't be getting sick again because I'm a fighter. Um, so, and because I'm a fighter, I ended up working through, through it, uh, which means because I work from home. So I, I just found myself, you know, still sitting there at the computer, getting my job done, sneezing, chills and all of that stuff. And I'm just, I'm just still sitting there just working away. That's how I've always functioned. And so I didn't know how not to stop, but I, I made sure to go to bed real early and, you know, wake up the next day on time and made it in for for my jobs and attended the meetings and all of that kind of stuff thankfully i wasn't contaminating anyone or hurting anyone by doing this because i was working from home so it was very beneficial to to work remotely so this week i began the new week by being extremely productive i mean extremely productive so i am hoping to have the merch up on the website by next week cross your fingers for me I hoped you checked out the website and that you liked it. If you haven't already, it's taonetwork.ca. It's not too late to check it out and hopefully see my hard work behind it and appreciate it. So I thank you to those who definitely went and checked out the website. So yeah, so that's kind of the update that I've been, you know, wanting to share. I hope I didn't take too long or too much up of this podcast episode, but let's get into the topic. So this podcast episode is on my job hunting experience. The world is changing. And so the ways companies are recruiting employees have changed as well. I started working at 15 selling chocolate bars in the mall and parking lots because, you know, I was 15. I couldn't get a job. So I had to just kind of take what I could get. And another reason is because my mom was constantly stressed out due to bills and feeding two kids and a man. Um, he had a job too, but I didn't think, I don't think he could help because he wasn't really financially there. Not that I'm saying that, you know, he, he didn't pay any rent. He did pay rent. It's just my mother is a type of person that when she wants something, she, she has to have it because she's put in the work and she's very strategic and she likes to seize opportunities when it comes along. And so for her, she definitely was not going to be with a man that was going to hold her back. And because, you know, he wasn't financially there, she had him move in so that, you know, he could have his cost be cut because at this point they're splitting the rent for for all of us um, and, you know, splitting the food. And so that money will then go to paying off whatever debt he had that he had no concern over, you know, being a, a man in his 50s. And she she was just very determined. She wanted to stop renting. She wanted to own her her own house. And so she needed the help to do that. But he had debts 
and you know they had to tackle that first he was in his 50s like i mentioned and he had no desire for a better life he was quite content with where he was in life and he wasn't really worried about it he wasn't even worried about paying off his debt this man could go to his grave and he'd be like whatever not my problem the government will deal with it <laughs> oh I, I like those people no cares in the world right no cares in the world um he was kind of like a big kid my mom wanted what she wanted and he couldn't stay if he couldn't help her get where she needed to be so he moved in and he started cleaning up his debt, but my mother was still very stressed. She was very stressed out because she has now four people in, in our home and we're trying to figure it out. She's saving her ass off. She's working at a shitty job. She's thankful for the job, but she's working at the shitty job and just hoping that something will come out of just being miserable at her work. I have the utmost respect for my mom. She never settled for less. She has always pursued what she wanted out of life and nothing has ever held her back. If she needed to kick somebody to the curb, she would kick that person to the curb and move on to the next until she got exactly what she deserved. Looking back on how cutthroat my mother was with her pursuit of happiness kind of just makes me look at my life and makes me wonder, you know, what do I need or what part of my life I need to be more cutthroat about to get to the desired location that I need to get to and not sit there putting everyone else's needs above my own. And so, you know, during this time when women need to have standards and make it clear what they want. And a lot of us women, we don't know how to ask for what we want or to just focus on it. Some of us are just, are just you know, still working on finding our own voice. And a lot of women would, would struggle less if they, if they had that standard, if they knew how to say, look, this is what I want. And so I just look at my mother and I just have the utmost respect for her strength and for the fact that she was willing to fight for every single thing that she has. I mean, she has a house now and she has a truck and she's doing very well for herself and she's very comfortable, very, very, very comfortable. She's still at that shitty job that she has, but at least it's bearable for her. You know what I mean? I think the one thing my mom said to me, and I, I think it was during COVID when we were we were in a car together because I had picked her up from work and dropped her home. And I remember her saying in the car, you know, as much as she doesn't like her job and it's very stressful and it's a toxic environment, you know, at least she got something out of these jobs or out of this job specifically. She's like, if you're going to be working at a place for years and she's been there for what, 15 years or more, maybe less than 20. And if you're going to have to suffer through a place that toxic for that long and not amount to anything, not have your assets, not have your investments, not have your house or, the, you know, the car that you've always wanted, then to, in her mind, it's like you wasted your time because why give yourself that much to a job basically hurting your health you know causing you depression and stress and anxiety and you still have not amounted to anything under that job then it's like it was a waste it was a complete waste my mom says you know 
always, if you're going to be in a bad situation like that, make sure that this job is going to be working for you one day. Make sure that you're going to get every single bit out of that job because that job is sucking you dry. So you might as well make sure that everything you want out of life is actually happening for you. That whatever it is that you're working on will be manifested. Don't waste it. Don't look back a few years from now wishing you did this or wishing you did that. And why didn't you do that while you had this good paying job, while you had a, a decent credit? She's like, don't don't end up in that boat. She's like, make this this job that is literally sucking the life out of you, make it pay you forward. So that's just something that my mom said to me during covid that made a lot of sense i would hate to be working for a company for less than 20 years and and not be able to amount to something you cannot be in an industry for that long and not have anything to show for it and i'm not referring to a promotion yeah if you get that that's great but i mean if you keep blowing your money trying to find happiness because your job isn't giving you happiness but you don't have any assets you have nothing to fall back on except for the 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 measly pension that you're getting from your job you don't have anything going for you other than that then yeah you kind of wasted it you wasted working monday to friday or weekends depending on what type of job and you're working eight hours of your day which means you're wasting eight hours of your life working for a company working with people that you don't even really like and going home to your home and keep in mind once you get home it's like you're cooking you're cleaning and you go to sleep so you're not really enjoying your home you're not really enjoying what's going on in your home so if you're gonna have to give up that part of your life that makes you happy then it better be worth it it really better be worth it now once i turned 16 i was able to get a real job with my actual sin card number <laughs> that i got from um ontario services and um or service canada yeah service canada wow i haven't gotten a sin card since i was what 15 um to work when i was 16 so i definitely didn't remember that i do remember going with my mom and and getting all of that set up so I just wasn't sure where I got it from. It could have been Service Canada. I'm sure it was Service Canada. But, you know, I got into fast food and then retail, and then I went on to college. And I remember talking to somebody, I think a few years back, where they were like, oh my God, what was your first job working? And I said, oh, my first job was a fast food. And they're like, really? You actually worked in fast food? They're like, wow, I would never work in fast food. And I was like, well, shit, I'm sorry to hear that you're that privileged, but fast food and working in retail especially having two jobs during the summertime when school was out is what paid for my college like when i went to college yeah i applied for osap um and i i did it through osap but the savings is what paid off my osap after college was finished and i paid off most of it because i had that savings there and when i needed to to buy textbooks or you know because it's not like osap's covering that you know, they're paying for your tuition, but they're not paying for anything else. So if I needed new clothes for school, that came out of that money. If I needed to buy textbooks for all my classes every year, it came out of that money. So that that money that I worked in the fast food and retail after school and during the summer break is what is what I, I survived off of, even though I lived at home with my mom. So I didn't have to burden my mom too much. Yes, yeah, she still bought food for the house and for the entire family, but 
she didn't have to worry about buying my clothes for school. She didn't have to worry about paying for food because I had a job. I had a job during college, a part-time job, and it was paying for my food because I didn't feel like, you know, making lunches at home. So that's how I really took care of myself and carried myself. And I went out with friends. I didn't have to go, hey, mom, can I borrow some money? Because I had my own. I was paying for my own cell phone bills, like all of that. So I was still learning how to manage life while living at home, you know, while in high school, moving on to college, like all of that. I was learning life lessons while all of this was happening. So I'm not embarrassed that, you know, I worked in fast food. I'm not embarrassed that I moved on to retail. So when this person said this to me, I was kind of surprised because I was like, damn, you must have lived a privileged life. And the worst part about it is this person was broker than me i mean their family was poorer than mine so i didn't understand how they were all surviving on welfare and her not having a job but then to kind of look down at a fast food job and yet you still need to bum money off of your dad who's you know working under the table and your mom who's working a minimum wage job um you know to keep it at that that level where you won't be able to lose your your welfare check you know you need to make a certain amount of money part-time so that they won't take it out of your welfare check so you get the full welfare checks and so you know the dad was working under the table making whatever money on the side overnight jobs and things like that to to generate that money and then the kids just kind of stayed at home watching tv they had like their full cable you know, they got to eat all the junk food that they wanted and life was good, but the kids did not learn anything about responsibilities. I don't even think they even cleaned the house. It was mostly the mom that cleaned the house and the dad didn't have to clean either because he's working under the table job trying to support them and he'll just give them money and they go off and they just kind of live their best life living in poverty and they don't see that they're in poverty. So it was really weird having her say that to me because in my mind I was like, girl, you're going to need to learn this now because when you go out into the world, when it's time for you to go and live on your own, maybe even get married and have kids, like you're going to need to learn how to, to do all of this, to be able to manage all of this and be able to give your kids the privilege that your parents gave you being broke, completely broke. But anyways, I just kind of left it at that and just took it as what it was. So after college, this is where or, or when I had a real job experience. I didn't really count retail or fast food um, in that mix uh, because that job was just to, to save to college. And I worked part time. Yes, I went full time during the summertime, but that was a summertime. You know, your managers aren't giving you a hard time to students who are living or working there during the summertime or helpers. You know what I mean? They're not really focused on on you and so as much as i got work experience during high school and college through these these jobs uh it still wasn't like a real real job where i'm working full-time paying you know for life so i didn't experience what life was really like until i got the real world job after college i moved out on my own i had my own place uh worked full-time job at a car rental company and that was like my first real real job when i applied for that job i would it was easier because they came on campus at a job fair and that's how i applied for it at you know at that point 
Um, All the jobs I applied for was in person during that time. I couldn't say that I knew what working for a corporation was really like until this job because, you know, this rental company was basically all over the world. So it was a bigger corporation than than what I was used to. I was coming from a retail store and the retail store was, you know, maybe Canada based, but this company was like worldwide. I have never worked in a male dominated company before because all the other companies that I worked for during high school and college were mostly employed by women. So this was my first time working in a male-dominated company, um, and I gained a lot of experience, but I also learned a lot about the world and women's place in it when I had never experienced that before. And one of the things that this job, and I couldn't stand about this job, and actually after working this this position or for this company for about two years, I realized that, you know, I will never ever work for a company that makes you, not even makes you, but puts you in a position where you have to work super long hours. Like there's certain days in the weeks where I was working 12 hours sometimes a day. And then I also had to work Saturday. So you only get really one day off. So I was working like 60, 70 hours, sometimes 80 hour weeks. Um, And it was it took a it took a toll on my body. But thankfully, you know, I was a fit person and I like to be active. So I, I handled it for as long as I could. But it was a very stressful job because while you're working for that many hours, you still had to perform sales. And the only sales experience I had prior to that was a retail store selling women's clothing. So after that job, I decided to try almost every industry except construction. My my upper body muscle is not that strong, and my goal isn't to look burnt midsummer working, you know, out in the field in a construction job. Even though I could have just worked in the office, I still wasn't interested. And I think one of the reasons why I wasn't really interested is because I worked in a male-dominated company before and it really wasn't a great experience like I said I learned a lot from that rental company but working in an environment where there's a lot more males and the kind of scrutiny that you you face as a female in that environment just was not pleasant for me so I just wasn't interested in in being in another environment that was completely dominated by male so after leaving you know the rental car company Um, This is around the time where we had to apply online for many positions. Um, A lot of businesses weren't allowing walk-ins. So if you really wanted to upgrade to another job that paid a little bit better, you had to be applying online. It was quicker, but I missed walking into the location and applying face-to-face, which which was better for me because I like seeing the manager or supervisor's face. Having them ask you questions to see if you're employable or a good fit was just better for me because then if you you can feel if you're going to get the job or not, right? And so when when you walk away from that conversation with a supervisor or manager, if the manager or supervisor is in, it's almost like, you walk out knowing if they're going to call you or not because it's a feeling that you get right so with online applications you're you're waiting a while and your hopes are up and you are unsure and you start to wonder if you're good enough if you did the application correct is your resume good enough what about your cover letter oh my god it, it can be so stressful and even though i didn't have an amazing experience applying for jobs face to face because i remember once i walked into this clothing store when i was looking for a clothing store job after leaving you know wanting to to 
a change from fast food, I remembered walking into this location and it was like this like 40 or 50 year old white woman that was in the store by herself. And I had walked in and I handed her my resume. And keep in mind, this was a mall. I think it was like Bayshore Mall that I went to. And I handed my, my resume to her with a smile on my face and I was really nice. And I just said, hey, I saw the help sign at the, the front of the store. I just wanted to put my resume in and um, see if I could land an interview. So she took my resume and she smiled. She gave me like this fake ass smile too, which she didn't think I could read. I guess she thought, you know, I must be new and at this. I was like, bitch, please, you are not the first store I walked into. I know how to read people at this point because I've done a lot of face-to-face -face dropping off resumes. I know how to read the room. So I gave her my, my resume and she held on to it and she put it on the desk and she waited till I walked, you know, looked like I was walking out of the store after handing it to her. So I remember just standing right at the front door and I turned back to watch her put my resume in the garbage. And then she looked up and saw me, saw that I was watching her do it. And she just looked at me and smiled and then just walked away. So keep in mind, like my experience actually applying face-to-face -face, uh, with you know companies have not all been great but I still prefer it over applying online the level of anxiety that people feel when they lose a job or they quit from a job because they just had enough of it and they haven't found something else to replace it with going into the online application of of applying for jobs that they have always wanted or they've heard such good things about and the process of starting out optimistic and you know time passes with nothing secure you start to feel fearful for your bills, if you'll find a good job, wondering if your faith in yourself was worth it, you start to understand why people stay in a job that makes them feel miserable because they don't have to worry about paying their bills. They are dissatisfied with their, with their lives, but at least they have a life. Or do they? <laughs> That's a question for another day. After how long of applying with no response, and it could be months that you're doing this for, you start to feel the itch to settle for whatever job that comes along. But for me, years of doing that did not serve me well. It really did not. I found myself in positions, I found myself in positions where I, whatever I did wasn't good enough or within an organization that did not care about their employees, just the bottom line and production. You have a, a paying job now, but it's not enough. It, it doesn't cover everything. So you're back to stressing about work and home. And one of the, one of the reasons why I, I'm saying this, and I might need to reiterate it a little bit better so that you kind of understand where I'm, what I'm saying. But I've been in a situation where, you know, I got fired from a job or, you know, I had to leave because I was going to snap. I was going to snap and I, and I just had to leave. It was just so unbearable. I would go to bed dreaming about this job and being anxious in the night where I wake up three times in the night like I'm having a nightmare and I would wake up in the morning just exhausted and tired and then have to go into work and that bad dream that I had the night before I'm reliving it every single day at a job that seemed like they were so good like the company on the outside was amazing you know you anybody would want to 
to work for a company like this i mean everyone dressed nice everyone smells good most of them drive a nice car and it took me a while it took me years to realize that most of those people that are driving these super nice cars and they dress really nice you don't know what is going on behind closed doors because they might be spending all of their paychecks to keep up with that appearance they don't have any money in the bank account they could lose their job and they would lose everything because they were those people that got the fancy job that looked really good and you know it gave them status so they felt like they needed to spend and keep spending and spending to live up to that status and they they had nothing behind them they still had student loans they still had how many debts credit cards they're they're working they're living basically paycheck to paycheck just so they can keep up with this appearance And so a lot of people seeing from the outside looking in just think, wow, like this company really pays their employees really well. And then when I actually got into the company, I realized I didn't pay enough. In my mind, I was like, how the hell are you guys surviving on this? How are you guys looking this good every single day? You blew all of your money just to look like this and you're getting paid shit. You're getting paid peanuts compared to what the company is actually making but they needed foolish people like you to make them look good and they they didn't have to pay you very well and the worst part is that when i actually got to know some of these people that looked like they were bawling in the company they were still living at home with their parents and they they could blow their paycheck you know when we all go out in the workplace And we would go out to a bar, like some of these guys who are dressed in their nice fancy suit with their fancy shoes are going up to these girls and buying them drinks. But when the girls aren't looking, you can see the stress on their face because they're buying how many drinks to impress this girl just so the girl could give them attention. But they can't actually afford it. And I was like, are you serious? You're going to put yourself in debt just trying to show face, just trying to to be that, that guy. And so... I knew that, you know, one of the reasons why this company was attacking me so much and making me feel like whatever I was doing wasn't good enough was number one, they wanted me to work harder. They attack your self-esteem and they try to put you down and make it make it seem like what you're doing is not good enough and that you need to do more. And so they do that, they accomplish this by tearing you down, by making you feel like you're just not good enough, like I mentioned before. And then they also try to make me feel bad about my appearance. Keep in mind, I dress very nice. I don't dress amazing, but I dress pretty nice. And so whatever I have in my closet is what I'm going to wear. I'm not going to go break the bank like some of the girls in the company who goes and they get their hair done every weekend with the money that they're not making. And they go and they spend like $500 at Sephora to buy this makeup to like put it on early in the morning and cake face to come into work. And then they go and to, to guess and they spend how much money on this cheap shit that they, they literally made for pennies in, in another country um, to basically come in to look like sluts because they know why they were hired they were hired for their looks they were hired so the men could treat them a certain way and make see them in a certain way and whenever you know important people come to the office those are the girls they have lining up uh, to look that way because they're the trophies and so you know either they're they're shopping at at guess or or zara and all the men are wearing their zara business suits because you know it's the millennial look um to wear that kind of stuff but none of them can actually afford it none of them could and it was just so sad to see them conform like this but 
I guess I wasn't a really good fit because I really wasn't going to put myself in debt just to fit into this category for them. I'm that girl that's going to go into a store and buy something on sale and that's what I'm going to wear. And it's going to be practical because guess what? I wasn't driving a fancy car, so I needed to get into that car in whatever clothes I'm wearing, whatever shoes I'm wearing. I am not going to wake up like hours early in the morning to cake face to come into work to to try to to fit this mold of you're supposed to be a sexy black girl with you know an ass and tits and you're you're gonna have to be the show pony so I couldn't do that so I wasn't a good fit and they made sure you feel like shit because of it they start looking down at you because of it they don't want you to come around or hang out with them because of it and I was fine with it because I was getting paid peanuts just like the rest of them but I was not going to show off money and put myself in more debt like they are just to show that I'm a part of this company especially since it's not like I'm gonna get a bonus at the end of the year to clean up my credit card debt after blowing my money to to look good for this company who who really values image so this is what i was i was trying to explain before like the bottom line the production you know your work isn't good enough and so when you're itching for for a job after losing a one before that and you land something that looks so good on the outside it's like whoa you're so blessed and so privileged to be a part of this company and you realize nope Nope, I just ended up settling um, for this job thinking that it was great. And here I am not doing the proper investigation prior to to accepting the job. Because I once I left that job, that's when I started learning about the you know the people that used to live there or work there before the people you know would post up things online and i'm reading the reviews and going oh my god like all of the stuff that these people are posting actually happened to me and in my mind i was like why didn't i just follow my instincts and do the research that i was supposed to do and read the reviews get online check these companies see what their previous employees are actually saying about them and i never did it because I fell for the image that they were putting out there. So that's the example that I'm going to use to explain what I'm trying to say. Because I, you know, tell stories. And in this case, I'm usually, whenever I tell stories, it's, it's based on my own experience. Or an experience that I've, I've experienced secondhand. And I watched the process from beginning to end. So it was okay to tell a story. Now I found myself jumping from job to job that wasn't working for me. I just kept being attracted to to the jobs that weren't good for me. And they didn't really pay that well. So I, I'm working through the stress of both while job hunting again and keeping in mind while you have a job, you're more likely to secure another one. So it sucks for people who lose their jobs or people that quit their job due to too much stress, too much anxiety, and it was breaking their mental health. Like their Ill, the mental illness just came on, like anxiety, the stress, like all of it. A lot of people become depressed from from their job, and then also job hunting 
once you get the interview, while you're so excited, you still have to remember to keep your eye on the ball, which is hard because you finally got the interview after sending 50 to 100 applications. So you are so busy trying to prove you deserve this job or that you are the best candidate for the job that you forget to listen to what these employers are saying. Most of the time, in my experience, pay attention. When you're walking into that company, pay attention to the employees. How happy are they? Are they rude? Do they smile? Do they seem stressed? During COVID, it was hard to gauge that because it was virtual interviews. So you couldn't find out that sort of information. And thank God for the internet, you will always find trusted people to put how bad their experience was working for these companies. They will post it online. You can even ask your friends what they heard of this company. You never know who they know, right? Then there's the interview. I love an interviewer that overshares. All of these factors helps you to identify the red flags. It helps to tell you what kind of company you're going to be working for for the next few months to a year or two years or five years, depending on your situation. And so when you get to read the people's faces, how rude they are, how they smile, like all of these things, it contributes. It tells you that they're not happy working in this job. When you go into the interview and you you see that you know they're oversharing, again, it's the best situation to be in because they'll tell you. I, I've been in so many interviews, I really have, and to this day, I look back and I just couldn't believe it because in my mind, I was like, you've been working for this company for so long and you couldn't just keep your professionalism while this during this interview you, you know what i'm saying have you ever been in a situation where you go into an interview and you meet the interviewer and they're just behaving in a certain way that just tells you that they're clearly unhappy with their job that this company is not a very good company to work for because they forget that they are the first impression of the company the people at the front desk who are not smiling or who are being rude to you they somehow don't realize that they are the the front line they are the the first impression for anyone coming in it tells you a lot about the company how how the people treat people coming in you, you see what i'm saying so during the interviews now when they're oversharing like they'll tell you stories about you know other people that they've hired and you know these people were entitled or they were too lazy or they got the job but they they didn't feel like this part of the job was a part of their job description and in my mind what i'm hearing is you know you got these people through the door you gave them the job and then you decided to add on additional work to their duties and expected them to just do it because you gave them the job, except that's not what you were paying them for. And in those types of situation, now you're overworking that new employee. Now you're taking advantage of the fact that they got the job, they're already secured, they stopped job hunting, they're now you know happy to be a part of this company and they're living, they're surviving off of that excitement and enthusiasm that they came into the company with, and you're, you're, you're giving them more work. You're giving them more work 
outside of what they're supposed to be doing. These stories tell me so much about a company, especially if the interviewer at the same time is not smiling and she's giving you attitude and she's looking down at you or the way that she's talking or she's being very dismissive or she's just talking about herself. Trust me, I was very surprised to realize that I went into a lot of interviews with women and they just behaved unprofessionally unprofessionally they just didn't care they would sit there gossiping about the people in their workplace and how you know blah blah this and blah blah that and in my mind i'm like you're telling me this on the first interview and you think that i'm gonna walk out of here wanting this job i couldn't believe it and sometimes like you go into the interview and they're trying to trap you in a question and when you answer the question they now turn around and say oh you were talking shit about your job so we can't offer you the job and in my mind i'm like why did you ask such a specific question about my previous employer such a specific question about my previous employer and i was honest about it and now you're saying that i was talking shit about my previous employer when you set me up and they do that deliberately just because it's fun for them. So I could not believe it. And it was mostly women that were doing this. When I went into interview with men, I didn't have these problems. Not because they were sitting there ogling me, because I never dress, you know, too slutty for any interviews, have my breasts hanging out or, you know, too my skirts too tight and it shows off my body in a in a you know, aggressively obsessive way. So I I would go in just looking very professional um, to the point where you can't really see very much of my body. And when, you know, when I go in, they're looking in my face, they're talking to me, they're asking me questions, they're giving me scenarios and I'm answering it. And so the male, they're listening to the way that I respond. They're listening to my choices and words. But the women, on the other hand, when I went in to interview with them, most of them, and I have to say most, was just completely unprofessional and just completely rude and they were just looking for any excuse to attack whoever was in front of them especially if they were female it was ridiculous so my favorite is when they say we aren't a toxic environment red flag off the bat how many interviews i've gone into where they say that you know they're not they don't have a toxic environment and they're not toxic people and then when i actually you know accept the job and i start working for their company i realize how toxic they were how toxic so when i say that you need to pay attention to everything yes you're going into these interviews you know after applying so many times and hoping that this job will give you a chance and you'll be able to have that security that you're looking for, you know, five days a week, eight to five or eight to four, nine to five, whichever it is, and sometimes working weekends, depending on what type of job you're applying for, you still have to, it's still an interview process for you as well. You're walking in interviewing them. You don't have to ask, just pay attention, listen to what they're saying. Because it says a lot, you know, when they're always saying like, oh, this is such a great company to work for, you know, everyone that's here is very happy and they're telling you all these wonderful stories and yet they have a high retention rate because every single time you saw them on the job board, they're always applying or, you know, trying to encourage people to apply for an entry level position that's 
always needs to be filled. So why is your retention so high if you're such a good place to work? You, you see what I'm saying? Like pay attention to all of these things. Another example, when, when an employer is being vague about what the job entails, that's another red flag. It usually means you're going to be paid for one job based on the you know the title but you're going to be doing how many different things i remembered going into an interview and this woman basically said that you know i'm going to be cross working a lot and i was like cross working what do you mean she's like well you might be doing you know admin or reception or this or that and you might have to go into a different department and work on helping this and this person so when she listed all of this i was like i'm sorry how much are you paying for this the, the woman said 16 dollars an hour to basically do three to four positions within a day within an organization for 16 dollars an hour i wanted to laugh in her face when i asked her about you know her work-life balance because now i need to know you know, if you're working your employees this much and this bad, like how how are you balancing your life? Because if you can't balance your life, it means that I'm not going to have any for $16 an hour. She was like, oh, I I don't really have a life. Like I, I just come to work and I go I go home. And I said, oh, so you do a lot of this cross cross working thing where you do work in different departments she's like yeah we we do it here all the time and i said so you know can you afford vacations and she's like no i haven't been on vacation for about 20 years now and i'm like huh she's like i have family in the states and i haven't really gone to see them i miss my family and while she's saying this to me i was like hell to the hell to the no am i i will not take this job i literally within that interview just said to her thank you so much for, you know, offering me this position or giving me this opportunity to participate in this interview. Unfortunately, this job is not for me. I had to literally turn them down in the interview because it was just ridiculous what these employers were expecting people to do for them. It is very important that while you're job hunting to be able to discern what people are saying to you within the interview process pay attention to what you're seeing when you're walking through those hallways at these companies all of it i'm telling you another red flag and this is when when i worked in the government because i worked for like three different government departments and honestly they were all toxic every single one of them um one of the last one i worked in they had how many signs on the wall for stress leave or you know depression and then you have this other wall that focused on you know being nice to each other they had stickers all over saying smile be kind and you could see this plaster on the entire walls it scared the shit out of me i thought to myself for you to have this plastered up all over the walls that says something that says that tells me run because this is a toxic company to work for and this was like this was a government agency i could not believe it i had anxiety attack just looking and when i started looking at people's faces not not one person was smiling you know when i when i had to go over to someone and ask them a question it stressed them out just to have me approach them and ask them a question that wasn't even that hard it wasn't even about the job it was like where can i find this they were like what and they're just snapping and you can tell like the anxiousness and i couldn't believe it i just went nope not working here it's not happening you have to keep in mind that you're working 
five to six days a week in this job for eight hours of the day. It's eating up all of your day. You're putting all of your energy into eight hours out of this day. You need to pick the right environment for you. And at some point, I even started thinking that maybe there was no such thing as a job with a good environment until I found the current job that I I work at now where they really take into consideration the comfort of everyone that works for them. They really want the people to work for, that works for them to be happy, to have work-life balance. They're always asking, you know, did you do anything this weekend? And if they keep hearing that you're not doing something this weekend, now they're going to be like, you know, are we giving you too much work? They start to ask these sorts of questions, and I couldn't believe it because none of my job, previous job before, has ever asked me these questions. It was just a healthy environment. They want to hear that you are going out and having a life. They do. They made it a priority. So what I have now pays me well. What I have now actually wants me to get out there and get a life. They don't want me to stress. They don't want me to be anxious. I remembered, and I'm going back to a story. Sorry, I interrupted. But I remembered meeting a friend. Um, And I went to her house and it was me, her, her cousin and her sister. And we were sitting down and we were just talking and her, her cousin was saying to me how she, she's, she worked for a lot of companies herself and we were talking about it. And she said, you know, you know how much money companies would save if they just included a therapist for, for, you know, the people that work for them. I said, of course they would save money, but they're not going to invest in that. They could have easily included it in the benefits package that they offer their employees. But most companies these days aren't offering benefits. They keep you on contract for as long as they can. And if they really don't want to pay into a benefits package or offer you a benefits package, they just let you go and they make up some excuse oh we just had to let you go you know what I mean they don't even have to tell you why and so she was saying you know with all the people that she's met who are constantly going on stress leave and I've worked in so many companies where people go on stress leave for weeks to months most times because they're so stressed out she's like the company could save so much money if they just included like a a package for for therapists so that the employees who are struggling with stress and anxiousness and depression due to their job can go and see a therapist that that the company has and i said well would anyone even use it because again the the company therapist can go and tell the company or create reports about these employees and say something is wrong you need to let them go blah 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 blah, and they could lose their job no you can't trust some of these companies if they provide their employees with a therapist but it does make a lot of sense at least include it in a benefits package have these employees go and find their own therapist outside of work and the benefits or the insurance or whatever they're paying into out of their paycheck can cover that and she said companies would save so much money if they did that rather than paying out how much in stress leave and i said well you know a lot of employers don't want to do that they really don't but she made a pretty good point and looking at all the people that went on stress leave you you know what i'm saying like i'm just looking at all of this and i said so much money is just bleeding through these companies and and no one's coming up with a desirable solution to help because all of them are feeling it all of them are depressed so yeah i i had to ask myself a question a while back like is there such a thing as a good company 
and thankfully I found one that's good and I'm not depressed I'm not drained I don't get off work feeling like shit still have the energy to work on my passion projects after work I can still go and meet some friends and have a coffee or tea or maybe like a drink or dinner I still have that energy plus I have my weekends off and yes I 100% agree that two days is not enough when it comes to you know days off for work but and i think they were talking about a three-day weekend and that you know they should just get rid of the mondays and i was like oh my god that is such a good idea but for the people that work minimum wage and they have student loans they have debts to pay they might need that extra you know that five days of work just to survive so taking it away might be difficult for certain people within within you know our 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 society and so it sounds great and trust me i would be the first to vote it in but it just means that you know the companies are going to have to pay more and they might not be able to afford that with all the stress leads that they're paying out all to say that you know my experience with job hunting has been very rewarding you know you have to say it in a professional way when you're in interviews like oh the job was rewarding i i learned a lot from the good experience and the bad experience and in this case you know i had both good and bad experience with job hunting and i just wanted to kind of share that with you for for this month as topic i can definitely get into more stories i have so much in my in my box to reveal to you all of really rotten situations that i've been in with certain jobs that would make you hate jobs like i don't blame people who dread going back to work who dread applying for another company who dread you know getting the job and working for a company and just feel like garbage because they've had such bad experience and then there are people who had amazing experience and i'm so glad to be that person to finally be able to say like i actually like my job it's great so i i just wanted to share you know my job hunting experience and honestly i i hope that whatever i shared in this podcast episode will connect to a lot of you um i'm not sure if all of you have experienced this but hopefully some of the points that i pointed out about things that you need to look out for when you're going out there and job hunting and understanding that you know the company is not the only person interviewing you you're interviewing them as well and you have to remember that you owe it to yourself to pay attention to these things listen to what they're saying when they're being too vague run if they're trying not to tell you how much they pay when you ask them at the end of the interviews when they go oh do you have any questions if you say hey how much does this position pay because they don't include it on the application online which is really annoying and honestly it needs to change if you're going to put up an application you know asking people to apply for your company please put how much you actually pay because people need to live don't have them taking the bus or driving their car across town to to do an interview for this job and you're not going to tell them how much they you know you pay until after the interview process is done and you give them the job then you'll let them know how much you get paid and they realize that you know they went through two three interviews for this job that seems so hard 
and then to find out that you're paying them shit it sucks because you wasted your time so honestly to employers like put how much you're actually paying so you can weed out the people who who might not be able to afford traveling just to come in for your interviews like be kind you know what i mean so now when i see a position that does not post up their how much they pay i don't even bother to apply for it because clearly you're embarrassed of what you're actually paying people for this position even though you're looking at the application and they have the longest list of duties they go in depth they made it so complicated and yet you refuse to put up how much you're actually paying for this position because you know you're not going to pay them well to do all this work so yeah i don't even bother when i see a long list and there's there you know you're not telling me how much you're paying i just don't bother so i wish that employers would do that as well because i i can't like i've i've been there done that and i just don't have time for it if i'm going to work for a toxic environment or a company that doesn't care about their employees pay me well just pay me well so it's worth it but anywho there's going to be plenty of podcast episodes where i'll be talking about job and you know certain experiences that i've experienced or things that i've seen in jobs and so if i have forgotten to to bring up anything in this podcast episode i most likely will do it in another one or when i'm talking about a specific topic and so i hope that you know you learned a lot from this podcast episode just remember your value when you're walking into these places remember that you have the power and even though you're at rock bottom or you feel like you're at rock bottom because you got no job still just keep your eye on the ball focus on what you deserve and what you desire and try to weed out some of these bad employers with their bad companies and start focusing on the good jobs the jobs that are going to give you purpose the jobs that are going to to give you meaning where you're actually doing something worthwhile for that company focus on those pay attention to what is being said pay attention to the person that's interviewing you listen to the way that they talk listen to their behavior if they're always complaining and whining and bitching and they're not smiling don't even bother working for that company that is a red flag run they're gonna make your life miserable i know you need the job i know you need the money but just be smart be smart about it you will be rewarded in the future if you just remain steadfast and diligent thank you for supporting the orchid blooms podcast don't forget to click the follow button under orchid blooms podcast on apple google Podcasts, and spotify visit our social media page for updates on our guests per week and our guests on the youtube channel our social media pages are facebook at the ambitious obsession instagram and twitter at the ambitious obs and of course my personal orchid eye brown don't forget to share your favorite podcast episode with your family and your friends and i hope you have a splendid day Bye.